heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on this Wednesday morning, the 8th of March, International Women's Day. Uh, A big shout out to everybody involved and all the women around Australia and especially rural and regional Queensland, thank you. I can't say any more. Thank you. We are trying to bridge the gap and rightly so. You are integral, you are important, you are valued and we are so grateful that you are in our lives. Big show, Rural Queensland today, life-saving list. Josephine and Liam O'Brien will join us next. We're talking with Robbie Catter about a huge announcement in the northwest mineral sector. And we're also going to catch up with Cyril Close and Tim Reardon about this interest rate rise. Big show for you, Rural Queensland today. Good morning, 4LG, also 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, and for GC Charter Towers, good morning in the Hot Country Network. Let's get into it. Josephine and Liam O'Brien, they join us next. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, the 8th of March across rural and regional Queensland. I think this is one of the great stories um, that w- we have broadcast on this show in the seven years that I've been doing it. Josephine O'Brien joins us now, and we've spoken to her around um, the absolute awful situation that her family is going through with her husband, Liam, um, trying to find a life-saving donor um, that could have the same stem cell match that would be able to help him um, cure his rare blood disease. And the life-saving list, we we started this campaign on this show and the O'Brien family have been vigilant with it. You would have seen it from morning TV to every radio paper, it has been everywhere. Well, there's been a change. People power has played a huge role. Josephine, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Emotionally, I don't even know where to begin where you would be at, but we have a glimmer of hope. Thank you, Dobbo, for having me this morning. We absolutely do. Uh, We received a phone call uh, a few days ago that gave us the absolutely thrilling news that Liam finally has a donor. And uh, while that is extremely exciting and a huge um, sigh of relief, we obviously have a very big challenge ahead of us and need to make sure that we get our head in the game and are prepared to fight the fight that is ahead. And, um, you know, he's due to um, have his transplant at the end of March, so we're a couple of weeks out. So we're just trying to uh, prepare ourselves as best we can uh, to stay strong and continue to hope for the very best outcome. Can I ask how how someone in Europe becomes did – they, did they find out about this through your campaign um, and is that how you got that match? Look, we can't guarantee that, but we are hopeful that that is the case. Oh, it is a very yeah. new registration that has come on board. Sure. So uh, wasn't there previously and only had come about in the last couple of months. So, um, look, wow. we were very fortunate to have many people. Um, we both have some friends that live overseas. We've had some uh, celebrity influencers that also live or have worked over there and have been sharing, you know, big volume numbers. And I think... You know that there's. We're just fortunate that there's been a global reach, and um, it's 
the US and the UK um, and through Europe, it's a cheap swab program. So yeah. it's a lot easier for people to get on and for those numbers to increase so quickly. So that's also why we've been trying to push the cheek swab program in Australia. I just feel as a wife and as a mum, and you drove this on behalf of your husband along with Liam, and we'll talk to Liam shortly, the relief when you hear something like this. I mean, I was unaware when we first spoke at the start at the beginning of the year, and I'll say I was made aware of it um, through Robbie Catter, who's a relation um, of you guys, and he, he he actually – and so I rang you up, and, and I didn't even – wasn't even aware about this. Now, you have to be within a certain age bracket. I'm outside the age barrier, but to be able to go and take a little bit extra blood and sit there, there's been no, I suppose, correspondence, no, no talk about it prior to this, and – if anything, you've raised awareness about it, and I think there there's a real opportunity for governments to then now go. Well, hang on, this needs to get bigger than this. I mean, you did this to save your husband's life. I get it completely. We all would do that, um, but now I think it, it, it's greater than that. This can save millions of people's lives, and that's exactly it, Dobbo. I think you know um, we were faced with a you know a harsh reality, and I think to be able to switch that to something positive, um, you know, having a distraction when you're going through something that, you know, is heavy, yeah. um, especially, you know, with our two little kids, it's, it's been tough, but I think um, we've been lucky that we had a distraction and we wanted to push that that energy into helping others that were going through the same thing. And, yeah. um, you know, we are very fortunate now that we have got to that next step of having a donor, but I think, um, you know, we just want to keep fighting the fight and um, trying to push those governments to keep their life-saving promise that they have assured us that they will. And, um, you know, I think that even though Liam will be, you know, in the hospital and we'll be dealing with our own challenges, you know, the life-saving list, I think, will continue to help us and support us to ensure that 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 happens um, because it is a, a dire situation here in Australia. And when you you know, unfortunately, we fell into the category of having to know about blood cancer and um, it's incredible the, the things that you discover and it is a very poor system here that, that oh. needs to change. So, and, and it's got worse um, and, and I'm going to say this, absolutely. I'm saying this now, like I know they threw all this, they started banging on about it, but am I right in saying that then it wasn't they didn't they didn't give enough sufficient staff so they couldn't keep up with the registry so the delay times were like it was, it's been problem after problem and in no way do you guys want to seem in any way ungrateful or in any way, um, uh, I suppose, like negative about it, but the government have run an absolute shamozzle with this. It's been – Yeah, you know, like, and it's been a decade problem. It's not just something that, you know, has been yeah. a short-term thing and I think um, there's so many changes that they can make right now to to help and and can continue to in the future and you know we've um, had word that just three people from the Townsville branch alone um, who signed up as a result of the life-saving list to become a, a register a donor on that register have actually already been called up to be a donor wow. and that's just you know in Huge. the short time of life-saving list which is you know, been a, a privately funded campaign. So, you know, you can imagine with 
the millions of dollars that the government are, are holding. Yeah. You know, it's 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 um it's quite alarming, really. So yeah, we're just uh, really hoping that they will um, keep that life-saving promise that they have given to the life-saving list. Josephine and Liam O'Brien joining us this morning. We'll take a break. Come back with more. Josephine, can you just tell me again and correct me if I'm wrong? You need to be from 18 to 35, is that right? Yes, and that's the other thing. We're still trying to ensure that in the meantime, while this goes on in the background, you know, that you People, still can go and give blood. That's you right. can sign up via yep. lifeblood.com.au. You can register to get on the stem cell uh, registration and then you give one little vial of blood extra while you're there and you could potentially save somebody's life. Well, you do save someone's life in potentially, and, and, and as you just said, this has got to continue. This has to continue. And, and And for – because for your story – there's 10 other stories who are going through it right at this very moment in Brisbane. Um, there, there's thousands and thousands of people around the world going through it. How oh, are you, yeah, as, right. as, a, as a wife and a mother, uh, and and, I, and I'm, I'm going to talk to Liam in a second, but the strength that you've shown is unbelievable, but how are you doing? I um, am very grateful, I guess, that, you know, uh, Liam and myself both have incredible uh, family support and sure. uh, very strong, special group of friends, as well as you know, a bigger, wider community of family and um, friends that have come about from the life-saving list, and people like yourself, Dobbo, who take that genuine interest and um, feel the, you know, um, empathy. You know, you're, you're feeling it for us, and um, I think that has helped us to get this word out. Um, look, it's going to be a tough few months ahead of us, but you know. Um, got to stay strong and just hope for the best. And it's all about one day at a time, really. Yeah, it certainly got to is. got keep putting one foot in front of the next. So yeah. We'll, well get there. You, I know he's a strong man, so he won't um, – he he, there's no chance he'll give up. And um, we'll get to the other side and we'll be hopefully having a champagne by Christmas. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? And I, I can see it. I can see – I mean, no one gave you a chance so far and look where you've got to. Um, and if yeah. you hadn't have made the noise and, and, and fought like you did, we wouldn't be where we are today. Can I have a chat to Liam? Do you mind if I, I just have a quick chat to Liam? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Great to talk to I you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dobbo. Morning, Dobbo. Liam, good morning and thanks so much for being with us, mate. Um, how are you feeling when you got this news? Um, oh, you know, elated. Would, you know, you, you, words won't describe it. Um, you answer it. It's a phenomenal experience to go through, and yeah. not not one that I, I sort of suggest people entertain uh, by choice. But um, yeah, it's it's just up and down, and you sort of the elation of finding a donor and then realising you got a pretty bloody heavy track in front of you. Yeah, sure. And um, you know that's um, oh, we, we you know we got a ticket in the in the big race, so we got to we got to get there. there. We don't have a choice. The, the process for you, I mean, and I don't, I mean, you know, and you're a realist and so is Josephine, so you you, you, you know what's ahead of you. D- does it concern you when you have to hear all this or you just know, well, this is part of the deal? Uh, yeah, I guess you get a bit immune to it, but I, I think that's part of the, yeah, um, part of the game is, is Knowing what's going on. Logically, yeah, yeah, prepared for, for and I, I, you know, I've, I've Tossed up, you know, chatting with other people who've gone through it and whatever, but it's it's not going to change the outcome for me. You know, there's this big hairy thug that I've got to go 
and brawl with, and um, uh, that's just the reality of it. But, you know, you can't um, you can't change what's going to happen, and you know, we're as Joseph was just saying, yeah, blessed with a you know a, a, an army. It would appear now um, of supporters um, uh, doing uh, small and very large um, things to support us, and 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 all of that matters. And yeah, I think to Josephine's point, we we get a huge boost out of um, uh, entertaining the thought that we, we might be making this you know marginally easier for other people. Yeah, that's the um, big thing, isn't it? The, the life-saving list, it, it's got to continue. Um, I, although you're going through your own fight, this is where the government need to step up. And, and, I, and, I, and I say this, I mean, the fact that you got a match from Europe, it's no coincidence. And I mean, yeah. that, that, that's where we're at. And there are – and like three people have been called up to the registry from Townsville who went there. Now, when we spoke in, in early January, I was completely unaware about this. Completely, yeah. and I, and I, and I, I feel there's guilt that I wasn't aware, but there, there's a moral responsibility by the, the government that they need to actually make this a thing. This needs to be driven because it's going to, you know, potentially save more than one life. I'm talking thousands around the world. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, I think um, uh, Monique Ryan and, and a bunch of other MPs, you know, led um, by Bob in federal parliament the other day was, Saying yeah. that every thirty-something minutes, there's um, someone diagnosed with one of these diseases that can be cured. Um, wow. I mean, yeah, you know, the federal government has the ability to um, drastically increase the uh, number of recruited donors um, by the cheek swab method. There, yeah, there's this advisory group which um, uh, seems to be what um, yeah you know, they're waiting for some advice from. But I, you know, I'm not I'm not confident that um, that, that that's necessary in just getting us to a point, you know, where we've, we've got a, a, a basic level of uh, registration um, of donors that, that we should, you know, that, that takes us off the bottom of the league tables, literally sure. the last in the international, um, uh, you yeah, know, tables of, of donorship um, to, to somewhere that, that Australia should be and, and should sort of sit there and be proud of as, as a contribution. And you know the other the other point to make is the the only way to recruit. So um, part of the matching process is based on your ethnic uh, background, um, and Australia is uniquely multicultural. Um, and you know it needs to be able to service itself. Um, our Indigenous Australians um, and people living in rural and um, remote areas, in particular, if they are only left with the option to donate. Um, and, and registered by blood, um, you know, the, the problem's never going to go away. No, you're dead right. Liam, best of luck for the end of the month. Um, it's Thanks, significant Dolo. and obviously we'll, we'll be keeping uh, people updated, but obviously uh, it's, a, it's a huge battle. And, and to you and Josephine, I just thank you so much for being with me this morning and and our prayers are with you and, 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 and I know we just need to keep people going on and registering on this life-saving list. That is the biggest yeah. thing. That's the the biggest Absolutely. message to rural and regional Queenslanders today um, is that, that that they can continue to do this. So I really appreciate your time this morning. Dobbo, appreciate the support. Thanks, mate. You have right. a good day. Same to you. Rural Queensland today.
Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, Robbie Catter joining us this morning, leader of the Catter Party. And, uh, mate, um, you've got a very, very, very capable wife. So I say to Daisy, happy International Women's Day. And a lot of good women that you work with um, and uh, are associated with. It's a, a pretty significant day today. Yeah, mate. Um, but, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't know what you say, rural people or conservative type politicians get accused of being sexist because they say, um, well, I don't know, it just seems to fit the type, but I remember Dad so many years ago, it rings true, he said, crikey, he said, come back right through the, right through the ages in the Catter family, he said, it was always the women that run the house. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't know where you get the sexist thing from, because yeah. it was the women that ran everything. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Good day, and mate, and congratulations, and and. And thank you to all the women in Mount Isa and, and in, in all our lives in the agricultural industry and around associated. And uh, I don't mind shouting from the rooftops, um, just a happy International Women's Day. Mate, this is a pretty good news story for you. I don't know how many years you've been lobbying. I saw a photo of you yesterday like a Cheshire cat. But the Queensland Government has announced it will build and own the 1,100-kilometre copper string 2.0 project that connects the northwest minerals province to Townsville, where it can join the national electricity market. I reckon it's 10 years, maybe, maybe longer that you've been uh, banging on about this. This is, but it, it is yeah. a significant, significant shift. Yeah, about 13 years um, it's been, well, I'd probably touch more, but about roughly about 13 years. And, um, yeah, it's probably akin to getting a dam built or something. Um, Dobbo, it's five. It's not every day you get $5 billion investment and, you know, five billion dollars doesn't mean much to me if it's a sports stadium or an office building or something that's static and doesn't really have a le- legacy. Like uh, this sort of thing is going to be around for fifty, hundred years. That yeah. it'll be pumping money into the economy and building industry, and you know it's going to be doing good things for the state and all. You should say the country. So, um, you know, there's seven hundred fifty billion dollars worth of minerals in the ground that we know of. Is the value of the minerals in the ground out of here? And all you need to do is add some cheaper electricity to that, connect us to the grid. And uh, that gives us, you know, we just celebrated 100 years, man, eyes of mine. So this gives us another 100 years. So it, it's a pretty big thing. And um, especially when it's something that no one, you know, 10 years ago, no one thought this would get off the ground. And it was just seemed like pie in the sky. And um, and you sort of, on your patent line there, Parliament just keep talking about it. And, um you never think it's going to happen, some of this stuff, but to see it, it's, it's pretty hard to describe how fulfilling that is. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, you, you, you look at it and you go, this is a game changer. Why has it taken so long? But, you know, part of me in, in, in a lot of things thinks that this is a bit of a political stunt. Well, funny you say, funny you say that, that, um, that first reaction because I always felt for the last few years where I felt it was getting really close, I thought, you know what, even if they do deliver this, I'll just be thinking, you should have done it years ago and it shouldn't have been me pushing this. Like the government should have been just accepting this from day one because it should have been an easy one. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I still, you still get, you still get pretty happy when it comes through. So, um, and look, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to say it was the O'Brien family that, um, pushed the thing from the start and they put their money where their mouth is and drove it and, um, you know, we did the politics side of it as, as best we could, but um, it, it had to be driven as well. So, but um, you know, all the mines out here now, mate, they can. You know, some of them were paying the, the highest industrial power prices in the world, and that's embarrassing that we'd have that in Australia. But um, 
uh, you know, now it's there. And, and Dobbo, thanks again to you, you know, all the times on the show that you've raised it, uh, we've spoken about it. Yeah. It's all lifted the profile of the, of the thing, so um, we've all got a bit of ownership over this one. Yeah, you, you're dead right. Um, what we haven't got a, a ownership over is youth crime. Um, and uh, you want to talk – I don't want it to be 13 years, Robbie. I mean that genuinely because we, we've hit ground zero. Like, you know, now well, I'm hearing that your town, Mount Isa, has been – it is now being called ground zero. It is being called the epicentre of, you know, Queensland spiralling youth crime and that is just, just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, mate. It, the stories just keep getting worse. Uh, th- this was Townsville, admittedly, but we're we're intrinsically yeah, linked Townsville, yeah. Mount Isa. But uh, Townsville the night of eleven year old boy, oh, lit up chasing a, three police yeah. cars, and, police uh, ram, ramming them, and um, there and the, they were, you know, um, what do you say, retreating from eleven year old boy in a car. Um, that's surely crossed across the threshold of yeah. what's tolerated. Um, yeah, mate, um, and yeah, the, the new suite of laws, the more we get to look at them, it's just a political sell job and um, and really I just, the best I can say is I, I hope they realise now because there will be a reckoning at some point and the public's going to realise at some point that these uh, laws don't do anything, they're a joke. So I just hope they realise and, and respond to that earlier Um Rather than later, and it'll, it'll, you know, but all I can guarantee is they're not going to work or do the job we need them to do, and there will be a reckoning. So, um, uh, let's see how it goes, and we'll continue to say relocation sentencing a thousand times. You need an alternate form of sentencing that gives the kids a consequence and has a better chance of rehabilitating them. And there's more and more people coming out now to support this as a notion. I've got um, people contacting me all around the country saying, at last, some sensible solutions to this, and um, yeah. Oh, well, I tell you, some other, you know, some other correspondence I got the other day, which really bloody hurt. Dobbo was someone sent me an email saying we we're making a decision to move our kids to Mount Isa. We're desperate to get families to move here, and he said, "I, I saw you on TV, and I pulled out." Wow. And that that kills me to say that, but I'm not going to back down from calling it how it is either, Dobbo. You know, I've got to, I've got to tell the public and the government how bad it is to get a response. And um, to do that, I get punished at the same time by, you know, well, you know, already the livability's impacted. Uh, I still love living here. A lot of people do, mate, and I'd still encourage people to live here. But, sure. Um, but it just makes me so angry at the government that uh, this is the legacy of doing nothing and uh, being complacent. This is what happens. Well, it's like um, the drug laws. Like, you know, it's, the it's, it's like the alcohol laws. I mean, you know, these quick, rash, irrational thought uh, are not thought out laws are causing regional towns in Queensland to fear for them. You shouldn't be fearful living in Mount Isa. It's a proud bush town. You shouldn't be fearful living in Townsville. Like it's just, it has got to the point, it has got to the point where somebody's going to take some matters into their own hands and it's not not right. Mate, it's it's not right. And that's, that's that's, it's the public that will then think we have to stand up and then you've mm. got all sorts of drama, and I'm not well, condoning yeah. it, but we've seen it in world around the world. It's, it's the, just reality, right? Yeah, and that's not what we want, and that's no, going to cause all sorts of dramas, and there'll be people charged, and there'll be people, you know, who get themselves into an awful amount of trouble, who just wanted to take some action and have the 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 government take some proper strong. It's not the police's fault; they are at their wits' end, completely. Yeah. 
mate, it's um, it's you're dead right, and that people are going to start taking their own hands. In fact, I had a story of a friend, a young friend in town the other day, um, that had their car stolen, a couple of girls across the street in the middle of the day, and um, the the husband, you know, they got two young kids, they're battlers, and they had a new. It was a car was one year old. Um, they, he chased them down, these girls, did what he shouldn't have done, but belted the, the girls. I don't know what that means, whether pushed them, shoved them, punched them, but nothing serious uh, injuries to them. But he got he was facing prison sentence and was called um, by the magistrate, said, you know, you should rot in prison. But um, he didn't go to prison. He got out because he pleaded guilty. And she said, that's fine. He, you know, we, we'll take that. He deserved it. Rah, rah, rah. But then she said, um, the thing that hurt the most, the two girls didn't get charged and they got a two, we had to pay them $2,000 cash out of our own pocket each for stealing our car. Yeah. Uh, that's the sort of stuff that, you know, and then, and then when we come back to try and fix this stuff, like, you know, going to the Aboriginal news, fix things, there's, there's just so much resentment because uh, this stuff is happening. It makes you hard to fix, fix the problems in the first place because there's no public goodwill towards any of this, so it's just a, very, it makes you very angry coming back to the government at the start, these laws that they just play politics and not do what's needed because, um, crikey, we desperately need some change. You're dead right. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, Colo. Really appreciate your time. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Robbie Catter just joined us this morning. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Well, yesterday there was a lot of nervous, disappointed and scared people and that's the reason because the Reserve Bank increased its official crash rate to 3.6% in a record 10th consecutive rise and it, it bodes uh, the question that we've got to sort of work out what is going on. Leading indicators of housing activity um, – say that it has fallen to its lowest levels in 15 years and will come to a decline as the full impact of the last nine months of rate increases continues to compound the decline in the building activity. It's also making people very nervous who have to come up with a lot more money than they first expected when they took out these loans, uh, fixed them a couple of years ago. Housing Industry Association Chief Economist Tim Reardon joins us this morning uh, and I'm really thankful that he's made himself available. Tim, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. My, my pleasure. Anytime. Uh, this is – look, I mean, I understand what the um, the Reserve Bank uh, are saying. We need to get inflation under control and that is the pure and simple reason in their eyes for these continual rate increases. But the domino effect that it is having – to not only the building industry, um, to the sale of houses, to people trying to actually survive is actually absolutely detrimental. And I, I don't know where it stops because, I mean, despite the fact that people say, oh, we won't get another one, they have actually said that there will be another rate rise if they cannot get inflation under control. Yeah, it certainly looks likely that there's probably at least another two rate increases uh, in, in train. Their language did change slightly in their announcement yesterday. But yes, what we're seeing, the building industry sees 
these changes first. And that, that's the, the Reserve Bank is watching to see what happens to the building industry to know how this is going to flow through to the rest of the economy. And as you point out, um, January lending for the purchase construction of a new loan, the lowest since it has been since 2005. We're looking at sales of new homes at the moment, probably at their lowest point, uh, so about 50 to 60% down off where they were a year ago. And the only positive in that is that there is a large volume of work currently in the pipeline. There's a lot of homes, almost two years worth of homes currently under construction. Sure. And and that's a problem from the perspective that it's obscuring the impact of these rate rises on the rest of the economy. So there are a lot of businesses and households that are struggling with these rate increases. But because the building industry is still absorbing excess employment from across the economy, it's not turning up as lower levels of economic growth or in particular lower levels or higher levels of unemployment. And so we're not going to see, even if they stop increasing rates at this point, it'll be another six to 12 months before we see the full impact the rate increases flow through on on building and probably another 12 months then before we see the full impact on a wider economy. And so, yes, certainly, um, we certainly think it's time for the Reserve Bank to pause on these rate increases and see what the full impact is before proceeding. But... uh, what we've seen in previous cycles, if we take the uh, the mid-90s or the post-GFC in, in 2012 cycle, we can see that uh, the, each time that they increase rates, we see a, a 30 to 40% decline in building activity. Yep. And that occurs over a course of uh, 18 months. And at that point, we see rates cut again, um, either two or three times has been the last uh, four cycles, and that's enough then to stimulate building activity to pull the economy out of uh, any downturn. Now, I should point out that uh, downturn in building activity doesn't necessarily flow through to a downturn in, in wider economic activity. It's that the building activity has a much more of a roller coaster ride of, uh, of activity than the rest of the economy. The, the, the thing that uh, you, you talk is the building industry almost masks the problem in some ways. Um, and now, you're, you're, no, right. you're bringing this to our attention this morning, Tim, and, and clearly the federal government would know this as well. Um, you know, why haven't they stepped in? That, the, the, the question yesterday I was asked, I, I don't understand why it looks to me like there has to be some federal government assistance. And I, and, and I understand... We can't keep on bailing out homeowners. I, I get that completely. The the truth of the matter is that there are people that have purchased off-spec brand-new homes and that the builders are contracted to do. Every single week, and, and I can say this in all, in all seriousness, we're seeing another building or construction company go down because of the increased in costs when they started and budgeted. It's just – it's it's escalated, and that's due to COVID and, and, and some world world factors that we haven't had. So at what point do we go, hang on, we need to pause here. We, we, we could well, have a catastrophic situation on our hand if we don't manage this situation properly. Well, I, I think we're a little way off having a catastrophic problem. I think that for the building industry, this is going to be a long slowdown. But from the government's perspective, what action should they take? And 
We have to remember that this inflationary cycle is not domestically created. It, it is no. from global factors, as sure. you point out. And very little that the Reserve Bank does is actually going to slow those inflationary pressures. The concern, you know, inflation is only caused by government spending too much money or government's printing too much money. And they've stopped printing money. But the, the risk we have is that in the long term, if the budget remains in deficit, which appears to be the case, then that adds to inflationary pressures. So uh, certainly the best action for the federal government at the moment is to constrain expenditure, get the budget back in balance that takes away from the inflationary pressures and gets us back into a situation that we have seen over the past 25 years where the cash rate is coming down. Yeah, Unfortunately, and- in, the, in the short term from... And the Reserve Bank is very much trying to squeeze those households that you're talking about there. You know, 60% of Australians that, that own a home have paid off the majority of their mortgage and won't be sensitive to these changes. And it is unfortunate that it is a very community that bears the cost of rate rises. In fact, if you're trying to slow inflation you're using interest rate, is a little like trying to slow a car by sticking your hand out the window. It's a yeah, very ineffective doesn't measure. Work. Yes, that's right. So, what 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 do you what do you crystal ball crystal ball me and and from a regional perspective, should we and, and people who are struggling? I, I looked at some statistics yesterday because the rental market is is extremely high as well, and mm, that's you know, right. it, and and we need more investors to come in. It, it's the chicken and the egg. You need more people investing to try and buy more rentals uh, to make more rentals come on, or. We go back to that old chestnut. The government step in and, and start building more, more, more housing. I don't think that's going to happen. You can't click your fingers, and it can't happen overnight. Um, yeah, the, the next the next couple of years is very rough for just that chicken and egg problem, and it does appear that we're we're looking at overseas migration having doubled over in in twenty twenty three compared to pre pandemic. And uh, if we look at medium and higher density housing as two to three years away, even with the government investment, uh, detached housing, there is a large volume coming online, but that's not going to meet domestic demand. So yes, there is an acute affordability constraint there, but what we're seeing building coming off, we have to remember that on the macro side of things, you know, unemployment 3.5%, GDP growth at 3.5%, strong population growth should continue to see the economy performing well and that underlying demand will keep the national economy going. From a Queensland perspective, the shift in population out of Sydney and Melbourne to the southeast corner will ensure that Queen, that, that southeast corner sees the, the probably the best performance from a building industry perspective. And from Likewise, the uh, increase in population that we've seen right at the moment, we're seeing uh, that intrastate migration and people moving from regions back to the cities. But I don't think that that is regional regret. I think that is just young kids leaving for education and employment opportunities as they always have. And that those regions will have seen a structural increase in population. And likewise for North Queensland, when we look at that mining cycle, particularly if there is a world recession, which appears quite likely, just as we saw in that 2012 cycle, a a global recession leads to increased demand for resources, and that's likely to be a positive for Australia and particularly for North Queensland. So in the macro outlook, there are still some very positive uh, indicators. Yeah, it's an interesting time, isn't it? It really is a a very, very interesting time how it's going to move forward. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Good on you. Uh, very interesting chat. Housing Industry Association Chief Economist Tim Reardon and obviously a lot of people concerned. We appreciate his time. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. 
Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back same time, same place tomorrow. Have a great day. And from all the team here at Rural Queensland today, it's bye for now.